May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our salvation. Amen. The lesson from Revelation begins, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Now there should be no doubt in your mind that this does not refer to any one of us, but to God, who is king of kings, which means so many different things than what we think of as a monarchy. Today is Christ the King Sunday, a holiday, a feast, not a holiday, a feast day. Well, it is a holy day, a feast day that is one of the newest created in the 1920s, and many say that it was created to remind us to whom we ultimately pledge allegiance, to whom we ultimately pledge loyalty and fealty, not to historic monarchies, but to God, creator, redeemer, sustainer of the universe. And so many interpret this to be a holy day that reminds us to keep watch against certain tendencies such as blind nationalism that has been the cause of so many ills in human history. A parishioner told me a story recently about how um, she and her late husband went to a concert of the band Queen. And of course, the lead singer of that band has long since passed away, and his name some of you may know, some of you may not know, was Freddie Mercury. Queen, uh, the band Queen, uh, has sold uh, many, 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 I don't even know the number, albums, and is very famous. And so this new lead singer, Adam Lambert, who was the head uh, or the winner of American Idol, he stammered over and over again at the beginning of the concert saying, I am the lead singer of Queen, but I am Adam Lambert. I am not Freddie Mercury. Remember, I am not Freddie Mercury. Remember, I am not Freddie Mercury. So this holiday, this feast day, just like the lead singer recalling that though he is the head of the group of Queen, 
He is not the original. We are to remember that though there are many lords and kings on this earth, they are not the original. God is Alpha and Omega, no one else. Recently, a friend had me go to a movie. Um, I haven't been to a movie in a, in a while, and this was um, one that was just a, an escapist film called Spencer, which refers to Diana Spencer, who later became Princess Diana. And it was a beautiful film filled with luscious photography and gorgeous clothes and food and people. And um, it, was, it was eye candy. Uh, and it was about the monarchy. And there's a, in England, of course, there was a, a scene, I think it was the opening scene, where you see this caravan of army trucks rolling into a beautiful estate, and they're carrying all of this, I'm not sure what it is. Is it arms? Is it jewels? What is it? But then they go into a kitchen, and this armed escort is escorting the lobster for Christmas Eve dinner for the royal family. So again, a wonderful illustration about what Jesus' kingdom is not about. I have nothing against lobster, but that is not what the reign of Christ is that we celebrate today. We're not called to be subjects that are submissive. But we are also called to be careful that when we say we follow God's will and God has our loyalty and we believe in God, that we are actually following God's will and not our own. I say this often, I, I quote this often from Anne Lamont, the, the theologian who's so down to earth, and she says, if God agrees with everything you say, that's not God. Look again. We are not called to be subjects with submissive mentalities, but we are not called to bend God's will to ours either. We are called to listen to God, to speak truth, which is in the gospel what Jesus claims his mission is, to not say to the emperors of this world that your clothes are beautiful when they in fact have nothing on, but to speak the truth when there is injustice, when there is lying going on, when there is no mercy. And we are called to follow this king and create a new kind of community, a kind of community that pulls us out of the nightmares of this world to dream dreams of hope and of love and of life and of laughter and mercy despite the injustices. A community, a reign, where the dignity of every human being, as our baptismal covenant says, is respected. A community where 
a man can come in like he did last week and fill out a visitor's card and write his address as homeless and know that he is welcome. The number one shame trigger in our world is irrelevance. No one likes to feel irrelevant. Irrelevant. And how do we shame those who are experiencing homelessness? Deeply, deeply, deeply see them as human beings or as failures. When someone knows that they can come into this church and be welcomed, that is the community, not of perfection, but of Christ's reign and Christ's companionship that we are trying to follow and to reflect just a tiny bit on our journey here on earth. The reign of Christ is a community of companions that meet together because of their belief in a God of love, where an immigrant from Sierra Leone can publish a book of poetry illustrated by a woman she met here at Trinity who is struggling with dementia and in the days when she is most struggling has this beautiful recognition of the value of her art. A community of companionship, not perfection, that sees the dignity and value of each person, of each place, whether they be big or small, rich or poor. I was trying to get some pictures together, and now I am transitioning a little bit to our in-gathering Sunday. But I was trying to get some pictures together about this year and the ministry that we've been able to do with half-empty pews and half-capacity and, and, and COVID and then the Delta variant and all the things that have just, the hurdles that we've had to jump over and over again. And if you take the time to look at those photos in the hallway, those are just snapshots that I took with my cracked screen phone of the ministry that we've been able to do here despite, through this pandemic and because of the love and the gifts and the loyalty to God that you all have. We've been able to cry together, worship together, laugh together. Shelby got on a horse for the animal blessing. 
all kinds of things. And it has been a hard year. And now we are asking you to continue to support the mission and ministry that we do here to build a community of Christ's companions to make miracles, relationships, ministry and healing happen. We need your support. This beautiful church needs constant stewardship. And we need financial support for that. The worship services need prayer and support and talent and gifts. And it costs money to offer them. Our outreach ministries, as we slowly layer them back on, means that our tight budget is going to need to expand to bring back the lots worship services and breakfast. It may not look exactly the same, but it will cost more. Your pledges your promises of support are needed, are a blessing, are a sign of commitment to this precious place that continues to love God, to speak the truth about the dignity and worth and value of every human being that celebrates the life of beloved parishioners, that celebrates the marriages of brand new parishioners, all in the same day, and continues to feed those coming that are hungry and need our help. So it was Israel and Joseph's wedding yesterday, and it was a wild and wonderful night, afternoon, and I used a poem for their wedding, which I've used before, but not in a long time. It's one of my favorites, so I'm going to share it again today because I believe it goes to the essential, the basic, the essence of that dignity and love, that recognition of Christ in each one of us, the service that we hold dear, that when we serve the least, the lost, and the lonely, we are also serving Christ that recognition of a common humanity that overcomes or at least witnesses against the kind of degrading violence that goes unpunished in our world. It's by a Salvadoran poet and it's called Like You. Like you, I love, love, life, the sweet smell of things. 
the sky-blue landscape of January days, and my blood boils up and I laugh through eyes that have known the buds of tears. I believe the world is beautiful and that poetry, like bread, is for everyone, and that my veins don't end in me but in the unanimous blood of those who struggle for life, love, little things, landscape, and bread, the poetry of everyone. I said that was my conclusion, but I have one more thing to share. On your pledge cards, you had the opportunity to write some wishes and hopes, and you can still do that for Trinity and why it's a future of hope. And one person wrote these words. To me, a future with hope believes in all that we try to witness to at Trinity, believes in equity among all people, regardless of race or zip code, believes in the beauty and respect of all cultures, gender identifications, and immigration status, and believes in human kindness beyond hatred and divisiveness. May we continue to hope, to love each other, to pledge our loyalty to the one who is Alpha and Omega. Amen.